Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. When Amy and I decided to start this podcast, I said to her, Amy, we have got to have this person as a guest on our podcast because she has an incredible story that's incredible for so many reasons, but I think especially in the times we're living in now where people are really struggling and the last 18 months have been really terrible for a lot of people. So her story is pre-COVID, but it's so relevant because it's a story of resilience and how to come back like on fire from the worst of times, which is exactly what she did. So today I have Angela Pillasores and Ange is somebody that is very special to me. We've been friends for many years. We went to law school together and I kind of feel like I like I've just been along for the ride with you because I've been there through the whole thing. And your story is just, it's so inspiring. So thank you for being here today. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm like, my palms are sweaty. Like this is my first podcast. I appreciate you guys thinking of me. It's going to be amazing. So Ange is a former lawyer. Would you say you're a former lawyer? No, I still am a lawyer. Okay. Like I still, um, I still earn that degree. But living, but living a much different life now. <laughs> yes, I now live in Florida, sunny right. Florida. <laughs> right. So Angela was a real estate attorney for many years. And then um, as she'll talk about, she moved to Florida and now she's in the title industry, killing it and building, you know, an amazing business down there. But I'd like to, for Angela to share her story with you because I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So where do we start? Like 2005? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. So like you said, we met in law school and what's interesting, I, we, we kind of like circled each other in law school, but like, I don't think we really knew each other. And then we ended up in the same, I think, Barbary class, or I think, I don't even remember. And then we had our first job together and then we moved to our second job together. So that's where we really, I guess, solidified our relationship. And that was in litigation. So, you know, 2005, 2006, um, I was a litigation attorney, as you know, for an insurance defense law firm and just honestly was burnt out at some point, like completely burnt out from it. Just uh, started having, uh, had my first daughter in 2006. And it just, I just knew at that point that that was just not the life that I wanted. I did not want to be a litigator. I did not want to be a partner at a firm at a big law firm. Like it wasn't my dream. Remember when they told you that you should be getting up at 4 a.m. to work before your baby wakes up? That. And then they told me like when my husband could watch the kid Yes. 
Yeah, that was my favorite. Like, yo, you're, we have a great idea. Your husband should watch the kid after you go home. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. And that was like a room full of men. And I was just like, okay, this is not what I want. So that year, it was 2007, I had bought my first house. And my real estate attorney at the time, her husband had actually worked for the same firm we had worked for. And she knew like how miserable, like it was. And I just remember looking at her, I'm like, I, I will come work for you for free. Just like, I need to leave. And she's like, you can't leave. You're buying a house. <laughs> don't do it. You know, they, when you're buying a house, don't do anything. Don't, don't open a credit card. Don't leave your job. So I waited, I uh, bought my house August 7th. I remember the dates, 2007. I quit and started working for her September 10th, 2007. So like literally wow. a month later. Yeah. A uh, huge leap of faith. Um, obviously it took a huge, huge pay cut. But at the time, my husband Ray was working at a hedge fund of funds in Westchester County. Um, and, you know, we financially could do it. He was making great money, great bonuses. And we just made the decision like we're, we have our first child, planning to have a, you know, another soon. And um, started working with my mentor, uh, still one of my great friends today. And she taught me everything I know about real estate law. And at some point, you know, I started to build my business on my own. And uh, yeah, we, while, while I still am very good friends with her, I opened my own law firm and practiced mainly real estate with some trusts and estates uh, mixed in there and built a really nice business in, in Westchester County until the crash in 2008. So I right. like one year, I, I opened my firm one year before the crash, which was fun. So everything's great. You're building your own business. Your husband's making great money. He's dealing with hedge funds. Like you guys are like living, the, you're a lawyer, like you have everything you've ever wanted. And then. Yeah. So <laughs> 2008 happens. Obviously everybody knows what happened, like market crashes, right? I actually, this is like the beginning of like where I realized like, okay, if you want to stay relevant, you've got to, you've got to reinvent, right? You've got to like, you've got to stay relevant. So what did I do at that point? I decided like the market's crashing. I learned how to do short sales. So I got really proficient in short sales. Nobody was doing them at the time. Nobody in my County knew what they were because, you know, listen, we're living in the, you know, the, the well, one of the wealthiest counties in the United States. Yeah. Short sales were for like the other people, you know? So I learned how to do them. I also, everybody refinanced at the time. So I had a very good friend that helped me out and got me on a Wells Fargo list. And I started doing refinances for Wells Fargo. So we, we were staying afloat, but then Madoff happened. And my husband's company at the time lost 3 billion with Madoff. <sighs> yeah. So, and it's so funny because we're lawyers, right? Like I don't know anything about finance and I'll never forget my husband called me and he was like, Ange, and if, Laura knows my husband, but my husband, I'm like super high energy. My husband's like this, even killed, like <laughs> no pulse, just like chill. And he, when he calls and goes, Ange, it's over. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And I was pregnant with my second kid at the time. And I'm just thinking to myself, I will never forget where I was. I was in front of, for the people that know route 22 and the, <laughs> The East Chester fish gourmet. I was, and I, and, and like the pork store was right next door. And I'm thinking like, should I get pork chops for dinner? Like, and my husband's like, what? He's like, I'm never coming home. Like we, we can't afford pork chops. I'm like, what are you talking about? 
So I didn't even know what was going on. I called one of my friends, the only friend that I knew that was in finance. And I'm like, can you please tell me what the hell he's talking about? And he's like, let me check the ticker. Like, let me see what's going on. And he came back and he's like, yeah, this isn't good. So I went home. My brother-in-law and my sister-in-law show up at my house. I'm like, oh, this really can't be good. Like, <laughs> this cannot be good. Because they were and working husband, together, right? Ryan and his they brother? Were, they, ha- they had worked together at the, at the, at the time this happened. They, um, they actually weren't, but they were still in the same industry. So they were both affected. And yeah, overnight, literally within hours, you know, they laid off half the company. I mean, overnight, where they went from 150 people and, and you know, don't quote me on the numbers, but I want to say somewhere around 150 people to like 40. And then it kept getting cut, 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 cut. My husband was one of many years later, was one of like four people left because he was, he was tasked with winding the company down. And, you know, through that salary is cut by like, I mean, slashed, right? There's no bonuses because the company's not making money. You're really there just to liquidate it. Right. And here I am pregnant, trying to survive, trying to, you know, continue to build my business when the economy is tanking. So yeah, cut to, we, we hung on Laura, like we hung on and I don't think we realized like what we were doing. We were just hanging on, hoping something that would like would click. And just by, by like 2014, it was a disaster, like financial disaster. And I can't even imagine the, the stress of that, not only like, like financially, but in terms of your self-worth and your confidence and everything that goes along with that. Like here you are, you're, you're a lawyer, your husband's doing great. Like you're making all this money, your life is great. And then all of a sudden it's like gone. And so yeah. how was that piece of it? Awful. I mean, like awful. So like we, we, we decided to have a third kid in the middle of all. And I'm like, why not? You know, like, which I'm glad that I convinced Ray too, because she's the light of my life. My little, my little now seven-year-old, but um, you know, it was awful. And I don't think I realized how awful it was until we moved to Florida. So we moved to Florida, August, 2016. I think while we were in it, I was just like, okay, I got to do this. Right. Like I'm me, like the, t- the going gets tough. Like we get the tough get going. Right. So I don't think how much, I don't think I realized how much damage it had done to me until later. Right. Because I was just like, I was just like, okay. I mean, listen, I ended up, we ended up filing bankruptcy. Right. Was that, very right. Old. So in two, was that in 2004? When was that? So 2014, September, 2014, Aria was born, my, my third daughter. And, um, at that point, I mean, I'll be honest with you, we stopped paying our mortgage. We, we just, we couldn't afford our mortgage. Yeah. So we stopped paying our mortgage. I remember unplugging the phone because I had a phone. I had a house line at the time. Right. <laughs> and the phone would announce who was calling and it would be like calling call coming in from chase. Right. And it all day long. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, like we're done. Like I, I took the phone out of the wall because my middle daughter would like repeat it. She'd be like, call coming in from Chase. Oh, like, no. oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so I took the phone out of the wall, like done. I was like, I'm done with this. Like, and it was a hard decision. Like we probably should have sold our house earlier, but we didn't. But I ended up short selling my own house, which is like, so like, was there foreshadowing, like me learning how to do short sales so I could do this for myself. And I, 
I will tell you the one time that I really, 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 really started to realize how much of an impact it made on me was I went to my closing, had negotiated my own short sale with a buyer who was represented by one of my colleagues. And the embarrassment of sitting at the table and having to come away with zero, because when when you negotiate a short sale, you walk away with zero, right? Right. You try to pay everybody off. And I just sobbed at the table, like sobbed, because I was like so embarrassed that, that here I was like, I'm this, you know, real estate attorney in our town. And I'm sitting with another colleague who's representing the buyer of my house, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like crying and crying. So yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. It was rough. And then, you know, moving and all of that. And then finally, I think when like the dust settled, I was like, wow, I really, I'm really shitty. Like I, (laughs) like I, I messed up. Like we messed up. Like how did this happen? We're lawyer, hedge fund girl, like I mean, hedge fund guy, like what, what the hell did we do? And I, as you know, as a really good friend of mine, I beat myself up for so long and I repeated the same story. Like, I cannot believe you. I cannot believe you did this. I can't, cannot, like how many mistakes did you make? You're smarter than this. You're educated. Like what the hell went wrong? Like, why did, why did we make this decision? Why do we make that decision? Like how you're, you're educated just build another business. Like, what are you doing? And I have to say that was, that was, that was probably the hardest part, like forgiving myself for the mistakes that we made. And did that start before you moved? Like was, was having to make the decision to move to Florida part of that, like beating yourself up, like feeling like you had to go or you wanted to go. So like, what happened with that? So moving to Florida, honestly, I have to say was probably one of the easiest decisions. And it's really weird. We made the decision. I just knew that we had to start over. Like, we were so, me, myself, yes, but my husband's also, and it's something that he talks about too. Um, but I just want to set the scene quick. Like, you are like New York, grew up in New York, love New York, love everything New York. And so even for me, like, when you told me you were moving to Florida, I was like, what? <laughs> Everyone's like, what? <laughs> like, where yeah. are you going? Is that where people, like... Like Florida is like either where you go to retire or like where you go when you can't make it, right? Like, <laughs> like let's just be honest. And I was like, we can't make it in New York. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm Bronx, Bronx born New York girl, like my whole life, and it's weird. It was just weird, and I because it was so easy, I knew that it was right. Right. We just we we sold our house. We moved into my parents' house. So now you've got like at the time I was probably a 38 or so. Um, you know, three kids, a dog, me and my husband living in my parents' basement. Like, again, like it's just the chaos, the stress, the embarrassment, the, you know, like trying to explain to the kids, like why we're moving into like Nando's house. Like the whole thing was just like, wow. Just like, wow. Like what has happened? And I knew that, that we, we just, we had to go. Like we had to go. Like, I didn't know where you know, it's no secret. My husband was depressed, right? Like he'll talk about that all day long. Like he was depressed. Like he couldn't find a job back in the industry. So yeah, it was hard, but we kind of just said like, we've got to start over. Like, where can we go? And we actually, we looked at uh, South Carolina. We looked at Charleston and there's a town called Mount Pleasant that we loved. For some reason, it just didn't work out. Every time we went, like there was a roadblock and then Florida, like we applied, we we looked, my husband actually, Ray looked at 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 a rental 
and we put in the application and Ray's like, they are never, ever going to accept us. I was like, ah, whatever. I remember sending a picture of like the kids and the dog and they were like, you're approved. We were like, what? <laughs> are you sure? Like, they're like, yeah, you know, just you know, you put your deposit down. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> and it happened within like literally like weeks and we packed up and left. Like literally when I, when I tell you we packed a U-Haul, three kids, a dog and a lizard at the time. And we drove to Florida and just moved. And left this life and everything that happened here behind and started anew. But I'm sure like me mentally the, the feelings of what you went through obviously were not left behind. You know, so you moved to Florida, you, you're building a new life there, which is amazing. How did you do that? I think, so when we first got down here, um, you're a hundred percent right. Like you can take me out of New York and move me to a tropical location, but you don't take all of this. You don't leave this and your heart and your soul behind, right? Like that all the baggage came with me. My first focus, I have to be honest, was the kids like getting them set up, making sure they were okay in school. Like, so I spent a lot of energy, time and energy setting three, you know, three kids, all different stages in their life, setting them up. So as soon as they were settled in school, I was like, okay, now what? So I was actually able to find a job really quickly within like weeks. But again, Ray, it's, we moved August. He didn't find a job till May of 2017. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was, and, and he's now like, okay, well we moved and I'm supposed to be looking for a job. I mean, you have to remember for a second, we moved without jobs. Right. It's so like, when you think back on that, it's like, how did we, how did we even do that? <laughs> God miracles, a lot, a lot of help from our family. So we, if they had not helped us, we would definitely um, have been packing back up and going back home. So shout out to like my family who stepped in and was by our side and literally was like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, like you need to come back. And we were like, we understand. We yeah. get it. <laughs> we understand. So yeah. So I, I got a job. I worked. Ray finally got a job in, in May of 2017. But at that point, like we're still behind, right? Like we're, yeah. we're years behind. So it's just honestly like keeping your head up, a lot of meditation, a lot of like a lot of therapy, you know, Ray and I both went to therapy because we were both like angry at the situation, not angry at each other. And I have to say like one of the things that my bankruptcy attorney at the time was like, you know, you, I commend you guys because once you sit down at a bankruptcy attorney, second lawyer, you usually see is a divorce attorney. I can and, only admit, I am sure. Totally. Yeah. And we made it. I mean, like November, we'll be married 18 years. So oh um, we, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. I know. Yeah. And we just, you know, listen, it, it, it hasn't been an easy road, but I will say like, we both, we weren't mad at each other. We were just like, the situation, like, yeah. and you know, when he was low, I was like, okay, we got this. And when I was like, we don't got this. He was like, no, we got this. And I'm like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I'm like, we're not going to be fine. And then there were days that he was like, oh my God, like, we're not going to be fine. I'm like, I got this. I'm, not, I'm working. Like, we're fine. 
And we just kind of like kept like, when I tell you clawing, clawing our way through. And that included doing like really random things, right? So we both were involved in Beachbody. I was still selling Beachbody products, right? I then switched to selling skincare products because even $100 meant groceries, you know, extra, extra chicken, extra steak right. or not. Ray got into um, selling CBD when it first came out, you know, uh, and it was super popular and he still does and he loves it. Like he became really like, he's one of the most knowledgeable people about CBD uh, on CBD, but you know, even bringing in a couple of hundred dollars or a thousand dollars was making a big difference. Ray worked at Trader Joe's for a couple of months, $12 an hour. Like we have a Trader Joe's hoodie in our house <laughs> and like the girls wear it. Cause it's like super comfy. Right. But every once in a while I look at it, I'm like, yo, you worked at Trader Joe's. And he's like, I know. I mean, you're talking guy that me like worked at a hedge fund. Yeah. Multiple six figures is now making $12 at Trader Joe's. I mean, that had to have been so hard to swallow for him, you know? Yeah. And he Ubered. Like, I'm yes, like, I remember so, that. Yeah. He Ubered and I hated it because his car was like unreliable. He bought like a really crappy car. Cause that's all he, you know, we could afford. Um, his car was unreliable. He's all over the place. He would go out like after, after, you know, the kids went to bed. So he was out like all night. So I didn't sleep. I mean, he even did it. Like I, I'll never forget. It was like New Year's Eve. He came home for the ball drop to like be with me. The kids happened to be in New York at the time. He came home for the ball drop to say happy New Year's and like literally went back out. I mean, so like our life was just like this constant, like grit and grind and grit and grind. Like, what can we do next? You know, but giving up wasn't an option. It just wasn't. And so now you've made it out the other side, right? But that didn't come without some serious resilience and working so hard to, like you said, claw your way back through, because you went from like the top, like to rock bottom mm -hmm. and now you're back up again. So, you know, you guys have done an incredible job at getting yourselves and your family, your three kids through that situation. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people that have really suffered over the last 18 months, mm -hmm. emotionally, financially, you know? And so having come back from a situation like that, like, what would you tell people who are, you said something before we got on starting to record. And I think it's so important. People who are suffering in silence, mm -hmm. what would you say to them? So I would say, number one, you're not alone. Like Ray and I have this one saying, it's called nothing ever is as it seems, right? We lived in a $700,000 house. I was an attorney. Ray was a hedge fund guy at the time, 2.5 kids, a dog, I mean, like you just needed to insert the white picket fence, right? Yeah. Everybody thought Ray and Ange were awesome. Like they're so much fun. They throw these parties. We used to have all these people at our house and we were suffering alone. So I would say that nothing is ever as it seems. You are not alone. There's so many people struggling with finances. And I think eventually, and I think maybe, maybe you've helped me figure out like what maybe my purpose is right now, Laura. 
I know this sounds so terrible and I, but you've got to tell somebody like, I'm not kidding you. I remember the first time I told somebody I was picking up Sophia, who's now 12 from kindergarten. And my friend was standing there and I, I definitely, my energy, I'm all about energy and like, you know, positivity. And my energy was so off, like off, like, so I don't know if something happened that day or like, I don't even know what it was, but I was just like, wow, like, this is really crappy. And she looked at me, she's like, are you okay? Like, Andrew, are you okay? I'm like, actually, no, <laughs> I'm not. And she was like, oh, okay. Like, you, you don't expect that, right? Like, you don't, and I was like, it was my friend, Kristen. I'm like, Kristen, I'm not okay. And she's like, okay, well, what's going on? I'm like, I'm broke. <laughs> she's probably I'm like, broke. excuse me? <laughs> I literally, like, I honestly, I think I felt safe in that moment to tell her because like, she was, she was my friend, but she wasn't like, you know, like she was so far removed from like our situation. She's like, um, she's like, girl, we're all broke. She's like, I charge my Mercedes every month. And I was like, <gasps> really? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, tell me more, please. Cause I don't feel so alone now, you know? So what I'm saying is, is that there are so many people like us, right. Who have these lifestyles or that have this, you know, that everybody thinks you're something and everybody thinks you're doing great. And you're afraid to tell people like, I am not, I'm not mentally. Okay. I'm not financially. Okay. Like, and especially in New York. And I will tell you, there's one thing about Florida that I, I do love the, the openness here. Right. So New York, you never talk about your salary. You don't talk about how much you make. Oh, no. you don't talk about how much you paid for your house. You don't talk about what your mortgage is or and everybody just operates in this, like, we're good. We're good. We're, we're doing all right. Like yeah. we have three kids and like, it's fine. And like here, everyone's like, oh God, no, I didn't get paid today. <laughs> like I need that. Like I need help. Like, oh God, I can't, I can't buy that. Like in New York, you would never be like, I can't afford that. You'd be like, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you throw it on, you know? And I just feel my advice going back to the point of this is my advice would be to speak up, to tell somebody, even if it's, if that person can't help you at the moment, like to, to actually release it and like say it out loud, like my finances are really shitty. I don't know what to do and get the right people around you that can help you. So for example, one of the first people that I called, obviously we, we told our parents, you know, right. our parents, and they were like, wait, what? And we were, and they're like, we're like, yeah. <laughs> So we're in a little trouble. And they were like, when the hell did this happen? We're like, oh, you know, you don't wake up, you know, 50 pounds overweight overnight, right? Just a little, <laughs> right? And then the second person I called was one of my very good friends and colleagues who happens to be a bankruptcy attorney. I was like, so, hello. Like, what does this look like? And um, she's like, why didn't you come to me sooner? And I'm like, I don't know. And you're in such a fog. Yeah. That you just can't like, you just can't even like help yourself. So my biggest piece of advice is just look for help. Even if that's just telling somebody and verbalizing it because those people will show up. Right. Right. And it would have helped us make better decisions along the way, instead of just like winging it and like thinking we were doing the right thing because we were so clouded. We were too close to it. You know, just like when you're going through it, you just, you probably just don't, you didn't want anybody to know. So no, I mean, why would you want anybody to know? Like, no, it was awful. So you put it like, off? Like, like this black, you know, like I was afraid they were going to come to the door and be like, you know, B for bankruptcy <laughs> or like this house is going into foreclosure, you know? Like, 
But yeah, it's so true. It's almost like a scarlet letter, right? Yeah. Now that you're out of it, you have so much wisdom to give. Like, I don't know, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And like, you, I feel learned so much from this situation that you can now help other people by telling your story and what happened to you. So you said, definitely don't suffer in silence. What else would you tell people? So I know this is like your podcast is the, you know, CEO, right? Be the CEO of your life and business, the CEO of your life and business. So here's what I would tell women. Okay. And I still am somewhat guilty. Like if my husband ever hears this, he'll be like, he would call me out and tell me I'm a liar. If I told you right. I was like totally like in the, in the know with our finances, I'm getting there. It's a work in progress. However, I didn't even have the logins to our bank account. Not because my husband was like, oh, I'm going to do everything. It was because I was like, oh, he's the finance guy, right? Like, so go take care of it. I had no idea how much money I was making. I had no idea what my law firm was doing, like what I was bringing in on a monthly basis. I had no idea what it took to run our household. I had no idea like what our bills were, right? And my husband sat down with me one day and he was like, do you understand what it, like how much we spend it? At the time, I'm telling you, and I remember the number, it was $14,000 a month to run our household. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm and sorry. You had no idea. L- like literally no idea. So between our mortgage, between health insurance, between like all the kids stuff and the cars and this and the, and you know, con ed bills, right? Like in the winter, $900, right? Yes. $1,000. Yeah. Like they're a thousand dollars. I'm like, what? what is Con Ed thinking? Like, he was like, do you like, this is heat. And I'm like, he's like, this is just heat. And I'm like, and like, when I started looking at it, I was like, well, now I know why I never looked at it. Right. Like, I don't like this. And it makes me so uncomfortable. And to this day, I'm still like, "Mm, I don't want to, you know, I, that part is a work in progress. Like the biggest thing I can tell you, if you're growing a business, you have to know your numbers. And now being on the sales, like end of things, I'm number based, right? I know what I need to bring in to make a certain amount of money. Um, and I track those numbers. So just knowing where your money's coming from, how much you're making and, and looking at your expenses and at least trying to find a way to understand them instead of just like waking up one morning broke. How many people do like so many people live like that? I am sure they don't want to know. They don't, not that they don't care, but it's almost like, like, no, it's, what you it's know, fear. can't hurt you. Like you don't know about it. So it's okay. A 100%. It's fear, right? Like I was like, Oh, you got this. Like, you're the guy, you're the finance guy. Like, you know, and he's like, do you know how to log into our accounts? I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny now. It, it, it's not funny when you like your husband wakes up and was like, we have no more money. And I'm like, well, what did you do with all of it? He's like, do you think I bought like a Ferrari? I was like, I paid, I paid Con Ed. (laughs) So I just think like, if you really want to be the boss, right. And you want to really be the CEO, you gotta know, you gotta know, like, what is your business bringing in? What does it take to run your business? What does it take to run your household? Just be aware. Like I'm just now getting to a place where I'm aware I'm not great at it. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm great at budgeting and all that. Like I'm not like, I, I still have like fear and that's part of the healing. It's like, I, I have this fear now, like there's never going to be enough. So like, if I don't look and my husband's like, you must look, 
Like now, now we have this open conversation about like, you're logging on where you're logging on in front of me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's painful. It's painful, but it's something that you have to do because you will never, you know, now I'm at the point where like, I'm looking at it and the next step is okay. Like we're meeting with our finance person who I like ditched years ago because I was so embarrassed. Yeah. You know, I was embarrassed to even tell her, like she knew I had a cash out of an account. She's like, please don't do this. I was like, no, I need to. Yeah. I love you. Bye. <laughs> and I, when I reached out to her recently, she's like, I'm so glad you thought of me. And I'm like, I'm now ready. And I'm sorry that I ditched you. I love you. But now I need help again. And yeah. we're just now getting to a place where we're like ready mentally, emotionally to like tackle like, okay, what's next? Like we've gotten to a place where we can now start really rebuilding. It's almost like, so if you are in a place of like, you are at rock bottom, right? Somebody is sitting there suffering in silence, you know, not knowing what to do. It's like, just take one step. You can't, you cannot fix everything at once. Like it's taken, how long has it taken you to even get to this point? You know, and you're still working on it. Yeah. I mean, well, we've been here five years. And every day is still like, okay, like what's the next step? Like what's the next best step? I know I, somebody said that once and I heard it somewhere like, what's the next logical best step? So again, you're right. Like I couldn't tackle everything all at once, right? Like I couldn't tackle finances and building a business and the kids and my health and this and that and my, you know, shame. I was like, okay, whew, because that made me even more overwhelmed. I'm like, right. I have to lose 50 pounds and heal myself and be a millionaire and bring in 50 orders a month. And whew. and when you get like that, you get frenzied. So I would just say, And it can like, be paralyzing. Oh yeah. There's, there's been times where I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Right. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, in my case, and you know, this is no secret. You and I talk about this all the time. In my case, usually that ends up being like my weight. Like for me, it's like, eh, I'll have, you know, Nutella. <laughs> maybe, in, maybe inside a fried Zeppeli because, you know, why not? <laughs> so my next step after my, after my uh, financial advisor is back on track with my health. Like that has suffered tremendously and I can't let it suffer anymore. But again, you can't fix everything all at the same time. Like you just can't, it's, it's impossible. So asking for help, putting the right people in place and guys like that doesn't necessarily mean like spending money either. Right. Cause uh, you hear all these things like I need to go get therapy. Okay, great. Like, well, I had a therapist that didn't take my insurance. It was like $135. And I was like, well, then I can't, like, I can't do this. Yeah. But there are resources. There are definitely resources. And I'm really good at like digging and being like, well, if I had a, if we did like a sliding scale and like, I am very creative at like getting services that I need, you know, still paying value for them, but not necessarily like something that I can afford. Right. Right. There's free resources. I mean, there's a ton of people on Instagram about budgeting. And that's the other thing I want to say about budgeting is that not all budgeting, not all one size fits all. Right. There are some budgeting gurus and, and, and financial gurus. I'm just looking at, I'm like, this makes no sense to me. Like it didn't work for me. Right. I'm just like, well, then I'm, then I feel like a failure again. Like I can't do what he says. I can't budget like he says. Mm -hmm. But then recently I found somebody on Instagram. She was like, just do this. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. And it was simple. And, it, and I'm going to tell you what it is because it's so insanely simple. And I was just like, well, that works for my brain. Right. She basically says to have one checking account. 
one savings account, and then another checking account. When you bring all your money into your, like your main checking account, you sweep out the stuff for your bills and then do savings. And then whatever's left in their original checking account, it's like your play money. So simple. I was like, that work, like that I can do. And you're right. It's like nothing is one size fits all. So yes. you can't feel like a failure because you see some guru that says this is the way you have to do it. And for some reason, whatever it may be, that just doesn't work for you. So yeah. And it's okay. Right. So like, I felt like for so long, like I had to do it that way. Or like I was failing if I wasn't doing it this way because everybody follows this person. Right. And this is, and, and I please, I'm like notorious for going to my husband. I'm like, I read another book. And he's like, <laughs> fantastic. Like he hates me. Like he hates it. I'm like, this book says, and he's like, and this book says, and I read this, I was listening to this podcast. Right. And he's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I have to, I I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, okay, not everything that I hear or read is going to work for me. Right. I just don't, I don't work well doing certain things and you have to learn what works well for you and not feel like a failure. If it's not what everybody else says to do. It's so true. That really is such a good point. You know, like you have to find things that work for you and resilience and bouncing back isn't going to look the same for everybody. Right? No. And, and just because you, somebody doesn't have a situation as, you know, drastic as what happened to you doesn't mean they can't be suffering <laughs> in silence. There's all different kinds of suffering, all different kinds of trauma, all different things. It's so particular to each person. But I think that the advice and the tips that you've given can be, you know, relevant to any situation, right? Yeah. Whatever situation you're going through, don't suffer in silence, right? And, 100%. you know, it's just, it's different for everybody. But I think that what you shared has been so helpful and can be so helpful for so many different people. Do you have any last words of advice that you want to share? No, just, you know, listen, you're not alone. Like you're not alone in this journey. There's so many people that, you know, are building businesses and are running their households and their children and like doing all this stuff. And, um, it's never going to be a straight line. It's never going to look the same for everybody. And please like just stop comparing yourself to everybody else's journey. And that's hard. That's hard to do these days in social media. You know, like even in my industry, you know, here we see other people like, you know, I see all these, you know, this one's closing with this one, this one's closing with that one. And you're like, mm, you know, and you're looking at social media and you're like, well, how come? And I, you have to, for me, it's been like, okay, I just got to focus. I just got to do Angela. Right. And just knowing that I can only be me and I can only do things that work for me. And I can always every day try to be the best version of me. But yeah, like just keep going, like keep going and just surround yourself with like really good people that doesn't, and that again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pay for that help, but just surround yourself with the best people you know how. You are such an inspiration and I want people to be able to continue to follow you. So where yeah. can people find you on like Instagram, Facebook, where do you want people to find you? I am super easy to find. It is just my full name, Angela Pilla Soares. That's A-N-G-E-L-A-P-I-L-L-A. S-O-A-R-E-S. -L -L -E I'm on Facebook, Instagram, 
LinkedIn. LinkedIn's been pretty uh like active lately. Yeah. Oh, okay. I ended up in my in this job that I'm in now. So Amazing. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we slept on LinkedIn. <laughs> a whole podcast really? for a different day. <laughs> I know a whole different podcast, but anyway. All right. But thank so you guys so much. Yes. I thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that, you know, something like that probably isn't easy to talk about, but I think that you went through it for a reason. And because you went through something like that, you will be able to help so many more people. So, so thank you so much for sharing and thank you everybody for spending some time with us. And we look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the, be the CEO of your life and business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.